Okay, so we're going to do a meditation now. This will be a visualized, guided visualization leading to an expanded state of awareness. So we're going to be transcending body and mind, actually using the mind to transcend the mind. There's a famous story in one of the Upanishads, I think it's the Kata Upanishad, and it talks about a yogi walking along in the forest and he steps on a thorn in his foot and he has no means of removing it until he has an idea, he turns around and finds a thorn bush and he breaks off a thorn and he uses the thorn to remove the thorn. This is like a parable. And the idea is that we are using the mind to transcend the mind. So you have to bootstrap it. It's like picking yourself up by the bootstraps. You have to begin with mind because we're in mind. Meditation is transcending mind. It's going beyond mind and body awareness. But you can't just get straight into transcendence. Usually, in most people's cases, you need a vehicle or a technique, and those techniques are all mind-based. So whether it's the mantra, whether it's the concentration on the breath, whether it's absorption into uh, imagery, any sensory method, like you were saying about using the, a focal point to center the mind. So the meditation, initially you have a myriad of thoughts all the time, the whole story's going on. Meditation is the process of, you can't go from a thousand thoughts to no thoughts in one go very difficult. So what you do is you bring them all the myriad of thoughts down to one point, down to a single thought. Now that can be a mantra or it can be as any of uh, the breath, it can be any, it doesn't really matter. I mean the mantra matters because there is energy in the mantra, it carries a shakti and the shakti is actually transmitted from teacher to student all the way down the lineage. So the mantras that we use are called chaitanya, they're conscious. They contain the consciousness of those who first discovered them and imbued them with the spiritual power and they become like a snowball that the longer they continue down the lineage they pick, they're picking up all the accumulated spiritual power of all the people that have used it before you. That's the whole point of the lineage. Otherwise you could just get it out of a book or an app but it's not going to have the same power as doing it in the, this way. Anyway, we're not going to use mantra today. If you've got a mantra, you can use it for sure. But because of the initiation process, we're going to just use a generalized technique that will use the mind to harness the myriad of thoughts and focus them and bring them to a single image or thought. And then through the guided imagery, we're going to release that. And eventually you will reach a state, hopefully, of at least fewer thoughts. It doesn't have to be zero thoughts. It's okay to have thoughts. You know, you see people that go around saying, oh, I can't meditate because I can't stop my mind. Have you ever heard people, have you ever thought that yourself? That's not it. The point is not to stop the mind, certainly not using any form of effort. Because thoughts by, the, by nature are fueled by awareness. So if you give awareness to the fact that you're thinking, you're strengthening the thoughts. The thoughts feed on awareness. Awareness is the fuel. 
So what do we do when we meditate? We turn the awareness back onto a single thought and then we release the single thought and then we turn the awareness back on itself. So meditation, if you want a definition of meditation, it is the reversal of the flow of awareness. Normally awareness is moving from inside to out as we engage by the senses, with the senses to the world. The senses are reaching out, they're grasping and they're feeding back and it's exhausting. When the awareness is always going out, then it's no wonder people feel anxious and stressed and just worn out because you've got to have time to recoup. And, uh, and the reversal of the flow of awareness is a tremendous way of actually building energy, spiritual energy and emotional life energy, prana actually, through harnessing the power of the mind to transcend the mind. So that's a little bit of a preamble for meditation. So you can either do this lying down or sitting up. If you're comfortable sitting up, then sit up. Um, sit in a position that is, enables you to keep the back straight. Head, neck and back are in alignment. And the reason for that is because the central energy channel that runs up and down the spine called the Sushumna Nadi, um, as we did with the breathing, you're sending breath up and down all the time. It's actually going through 72,000 nadis, of which there are 10 principal ones, of which there are three major ones. The Sushumna is the central one, and then on each side you've got the Ida and Pingala, which are crossover through the chakras. You've probably seen tantric diagrams of this. And when we do the alternate nostril breathing, which we couldn't do today, the Nadi Shodhana, we're actually manipulating the flow of prana shakti, of life force, through the left and right channels, which terminate in the left and right hemisphere of the brain, and the practice will actually enable equalization of the hemisphere activity, which will be very peaceful. So that's the value of that, and also clears up any blockages that are in the energy system within those two side channels. But the sushumna, when the breath becomes even, and you can do this, we do it sometimes, you breathe into a cold surface, and when neither nostril is dominant, it means that time is a good time to meditate because it means the prana has moved from the side channels into the central channel. And that's the channel where, I guess you could say, all the important spiritual work gets done. It's through that nadi. But we don't really need to do that too much today. I'm just giving you a little bit of theory just to, so you can understand why we do what we do. Okay, so let's begin. So we're going to meditate for about 15 minutes. That in, that'll include the instruction and then I'll give you some time to just be in expanded awareness. Okay, and if the mind goes crazy again, which it will, because now that we've said we're going to try and transcend the mind, what's the first thing the mind's going to do? It's going to say, I'm not doing that because the mind is like a two-year-old child. Especially if there's ego involved, it's like, I'm not doing that. Why am I even here? Do you get the protest is going on here? Like, oh, my knees are hurting. I could be down on the beach. It's like, you'll get the whole thing will be happening for sure, but that's okay because we just, as you would with a child, you just 
say that's okay, you humor them, you acknowledge them, and then you bring the awareness back to the technique. Okay? Don't fight it. If you try and fight it, you'll just make it worse. Okay? It's like, do you ever see in supermarkets when a child's having a tantrum and the mother's screaming at the child? Does that actually make the tantrum better or worse? Generally worse. Because you're feeding the energy of already dis disturbed child, you're making it even more disturbed. So we're not doing that. We're going to do the other technique, which is having had children. The best technique for tantrums is that you divert the awareness away from the emotional state and you distract and you bring it to something else. Instead of feeding the tantrum, you go, oh, look at that funny man over there. And suddenly the child's forgetting that it's in the tantrum, right? And it's now somewhere else. And then you can lower, de-escalate the energy and bring everything back into equilibrium. So that's what we're doing here. All right, so we're sitting comfortably upright, eyes are closed. Let's begin by bringing the awareness to the breath. I think what I'm going to do with you is there's a very nice visualisation that derives from an 8th century tantric practice from a text called the Vinyara Bhairava, which is the divine discourse. And it's actually the discourse between Shiva and Shakti, Shiva being the unmanifest force of the universe prior to creation and Shakti being the feminine force which is inherent in creation, in movement, in activity, in all the manifest things. So the discussion is she's asking him to instruct her in, manners of, in matters of meditation and he takes her through 112 techniques. And we've done some of them before, some of us, but we're going to just use one today and it's going to be a visualisation of the body as a hollow vessel. And we're going to create, we're going to focus on the external boundary of the body as skin, but we're going to imagine that it's like a diaphanous membrane that we're going to dissolve. Before we do that, we're going to fill the hollowness of the body with light, and then we're going to dissolve the membrane, and then the light, which is within the body, is also the light of awareness, and then with the breath, we're going to expand that outwards in all directions into infinite space and we are going to be with the awareness in the infinite space and then we're just going to let everything fall away. So that's the tantric practice that we're going to do. So we begin by becoming aware of the breath. We're not seeking to modify the breath. We're just observing as it moves effortlessly in and out. And now I want you to imagine that the body is actually like a hollow shell. And that each breath is actually filling the entire body internal spaces all the way down through into the fingers and toes. Everything's hollow. 
and the only thing that's containing the breath is this imaginary membrane that is, corresponds with the skin. So it's almost like the body's a balloon, you could say, but it's not expanding at this stage, it's just filling with light with each breath and breathing out. And the idea is that we're going to be cultivating a sense of spaciousness. Firstly, we'll begin cultivating a sense of internal spaciousness. And the body, the breath is a cleansing, healing, nourishing breath, empowering, enlivening, and freeing. Most importantly of all, it's a liberating breath. It's liberating us from all our cares and our concerns, our worries. We're leaving all heaviness behind as this healing light in the form of breath enters the body. Now the body is completely flushed through with light. It's vibrating. And you allow the entity to begin to expand like a balloon. And at the same time you allow the membrane that defines the space to begin to dissolve so that the light within merges with the light outside the body and the awareness which is driving this process is starting to expand outwards with each breath. So with each breath you feel your awareness expanding outwards as a field of pulsating golden white light. Filling the room, and then with each breath filling beyond the room into the surrounding properties. Remember it's in all directions because it moves through everything, all matter. It can move through all matter. Out into the space, outwards, outwards increasing more now. Filling the whole countryside eventually enveloping the entire planet. So you're feeling yourself as this expanding awareness in the form of this subtle pulsating light, expanding outwards with each breath to fill all the space in the galaxy, the solar system, the galaxy. So you're imagining yourself, now you're experiencing yourself as this expanded awareness. If thoughts intrude, you just return to the breath, to the expansion, and to the feeling and the state of expanded awareness. And now you're imagining it filling the entire infinite space of the universe. That you are, in fact, the universe. That you are this infinite expanded awareness. that in fact you have no center and you have no outer boundary. You have no location at all because you are now all-encompassing. Just as the light of awareness that bathes all of the
the manifest and the unmanifest reality of creation. Everything that can be, everything that could be, everything that has been collapses into this single unified field of expanded, shimmering, blissful awareness. The awareness of pure being. And this requires no effort. It is you imagine your natural state. This is your true state that you're returning, you're returning to. Okay, and I'm going to allow you to just reside in that space for about five minutes. Remember again, if thoughts come back, you just return to the process, repeat the breath, the body, the expansion into the infinite space. And eventually as the thoughts become weaker and they fall away, you're just content to rest in this infinite stillness. And I'll speak again in five minutes.
we'll gradually return the awareness to the breath. Just before you regain form waking awareness, just observe the contents of the mind now compared to when you began the practice. In particular, as you will in a moment open your eyes, I want you to hang on to that sense that you now experience and notice how it differs from the externally engaged awareness that was the case before you had the practice here. In other words, whether you feel that part of the awareness remains internalized as you slowly begin to open the eyes. And without using effort, see whether you can just gently hang on to that dual sense of both being inside and outside at the same time. See whether that persists for you. That's a very important concept. It goes to this definition of yoga as being one of union. Part of that embodiment is of the unification of the internal and the external experience as being actually the same experience. It's the same awareness. Can you get a sense of that? It's the same awareness that is both inside and outside but because we're always pushing it out, we miss, in a way, it's more powerful presence is the internal awareness, very powerful. Over time, the duality between this inner and outer shift starts to disappear. And when I talk in a minute about the theory of meditation and what the ancient teachers told us, I want you to recall this point, that it is this breakdown between this egoic, limited concept of an egoic self as being confined to mind-body, as being not who you are actually. It's part of who you are, but it's not the whole story. This is a very, very, this is the fundamental teaching in yoga, is to understand, not just to know it intellectually, it has to become your experience. And that can happen in an instant, or it might take 10 lifetimes or more, but eventually that is the goal of this practice, all of these practices, is to start to progressively de-identify with the mind-body as if that's all that you are. And this expanded awareness that you felt in that practice is a more, actually, a more accurate uh, description of your true nature. Now your senses would be screaming at every part of you that is, has an investment in physicality will be telling you what I've said, it can't possibly be true. That will be the voice of the ego because the ego is so thoroughly wedded to this physical world and you are separate. That's the definition of ego, it's separation. Ego means I am but limited, it's the little I, right? It hates, the ego hates the fact you're even here today. 
Honestly, if it knew, if you'd told it that I'm going to go here for four hours, I'm going to sit down and we're going to forget about the fact you even existed, it'd go, no way! You can't do that. This is, this is, you're talking about me here. And you go, okay, it's, it'll be all right. But that's the key to this whole puzzle, is this idea of progressive de-identification with your limited self as simply mind and body. Because for as long as you're stuck in that, and I am starting to go into my other talk, so I'm going to stop now, but basically the cue is that that is the cause of suffering. That is the cause of all suffering. It's a wrong, wrong recognition of the nature of self, according to yoga. <laughs> <laughs>